0: This episode of The Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to the slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 76 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here where this is recorded in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. It would not sound as good without her. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. Go give her album a listen on Spotify. Give her all those listens, those statistics. They help. She makes some really, really fantastic stuff, and I could not be more grateful for her providing the music for this. And as a reminder, if you enjoyed this show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. If you do listen to it on Spotify, they did just add the option to leave reviews there. So make sure you do that if you feel so inclined. It helps other folks discover it. You can go to TheBestSeats.com for more content just like this. And do not forget that if you subscribe over on Patreon.com forward slash TheBestSeats, you get early ad-free listening as well as exclusive access to the post-show that was launched, I think at this point, three episodes ago, each and every week. Uh, very excited. One of the cool things about this episode being 76 now, which first and foremost, thank you to everybody who makes this show possible. Everybody on Patreon, the advertisers, um, and everybody who does support on free feeds, ultimately that does contribute as well. But one of the cool things about hitting these kind of higher number episodes is there's been so much that has gone on since this show's inception, um, not just in the way that the show has evolved, but... The way that guests who I interviewed many, many episodes ago, how their lives have evolved. Uh, one of those is my guest for today, my friend, Ava Navarrete. Now, Ava is just one of the most beautiful human beings on the planet. She's got a great soul, a great heart, um, very, very talented at what she does, an absolute badass bartender, makes some killer, killer drinks. You know, I spoke to Ava many, many episodes ago and she was kind of just coming out of the the shutdowns and and kind of relearning herself. A lot has happened to her in that time. She had the opportunity to take over as a bar director for a restaurant that unfortunately fell through to different circumstances. Now she's really finding her footing again up at the recess room in Fountain Valley. So we were able to sit down and catch up and basically kind of. See what has happened in the past year since things opened and and when you hit the ground running, but, you know, you falter a little bit or, you know, you stumble on something or something kind of blocks your way. How do you recover? How do you keep going? You know, what does she put into her bar program and what did she learn from the first time she had a bar program and it was taken away from her for different reasons? So I'm very, very happy to sit down with her. One thing that I do want to say right off the bat is this won't matter. Well, it may matter for free feeds if she wins. And what I mean by if she wins is bear with me for a second. Um, Ava has, like many in the hospitality industry, several tattoos. Ava also is very unfairly photogenic, and I'm very happy to tell that to her face because I love her and we're good enough friends where I could say that. Uh, she's a beauty, and she is absolutely right now. When this episode releases on Patreon, she is in the running. Um, inked Magazine is basically doing a national kind of competition where you can go and vote for different people to ultimately kind of be eliminated round by round um, for the chance to be an inked cover girl. At the time of publishing this episode on Patreon, she is still in that running. So if you are listening to this on Patreon, there is a link at the very bottom of the um, episode notes on Patreon where you can vote. If you are listening to this on Free Feeds, there is a chance when this releases if she progresses that she may still be in the running. So check through on those show notes. Again, there's no way to tell because once it's hit free, you know, free feeds, it'll be 72, 70, whatever however many hours since that competition has passed um but click to the show notes if there's a link there i'll make a note of it um and feel free to support her if you feel like doing so she's awesome and any kind of cool opportunity like that we always want to root for the people that we like but that's enough about tattoos let's talk about bar programs let's talk about cocktails on episode 76 of the Best Seats podcast with my friend bar manager at the recess room Ivan navarrete enjoy David, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down before we even begin. I'm especially grateful because I think a real man can admit his mistakes, and I will be transparent with everyone. After 75 episodes, I finally made a mistake. While we've had technical hiccups in the past, I finally forgot a piece of equipment on my way here. You were gracious enough to let me run back home and grab it, and we are up here sitting down to talk about what you have been up to since we last spoke, where things are. And for anybody who hasn't heard, I don't remember how many episodes back we sat down the first time. I want to say it was... It's been a while. It's
1: good, a good chunk. I can't even remember if it was, bef- it was after COVID.
0: Right? Eh, well, is anything after COVID? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for anybody who may not have heard the first episode, would you briefly mind introducing yourself and describing kind of where we're sitting today and, and kind of how you came to be here?
1: All right. Uh, hi guys, my name is Ava Navarrete and we're sitting in the restaurant uh, recess room of Fountain Valley. Um, pre shift so it's a little quiet right now but.
0: it is hopefully it stays that way <laughs> yeah. um last time we talked you were at a different restaurant mm-hmm. um like most people in the industry you were somewhere prior to recess room and then have now found your way here and talk about the new position and, and kind of how long you've been here because you haven't just you've come back obviously you've done time here before which we'll talk about but time. <laughs> what what do you i know i know some people are really relating with that right now um what's your current position here
1: um, I just got a promotion to bar manager, so that's uh, fairly recent, within the last couple weeks. But I came back in October, mid October, and previously, um, I was—I um, had jumped around a couple places trying um, lead positions, and I kind of feel like I'm back home now. So it's, I didn't anticipate this at all. If you had told Ava a year ago that she would be back at recess room, she would just be like, no, I don't know about that. We'll see. But this feels really, really good.
0: Good. And we kind of mentioned off the bat, or I did anyway, that you, you had been here before. And like you said, mm-hmm. kind of now you're back home. Mm-hmm. When were you here? Kind of what years and, and what were you doing?
1: So uh, 2018 to 2019, I was here for just like a solid year and I just dove into learning about craft cocktails. Uh, Before that, I had been bartending um, at like a beach bar and I learned speed and then I got a taste of craft and I wanted to learn everything about it. And I was offered a bartending position at recess and I took it and I ran with it. So I kind of feel like this is where I got my start and it's just wild to be back.
0: Recess is one of those interesting restaurants in Orange County that I don't ever hear anybody have a bad word about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a tale of friendship. It's, it's a little audacious. The flavors mm-hmm. are big. They're bold. They, they represent a lot of different kind of nationalities and mm-hmm. histories. The craft cocktails have always been good, no matter kind of who's been behind the stick. It's, mm-hmm. And now that you've kind of come into it what is your experience from the other side of things? That's me looking on the outside in and, and everybody I talk to from the outside in. What's your experience like? It's just kind of what does the restaurant mean to you? Aside from learning kind of craft cocktails, mm. you're obviously back here now. I mean, it's gotta be a little bit deeper than just a good place to learn.
1: Uh, it's it's really interesting because I, I knew a couple of years ago that I wanted to start learning how to own my own restaurant. And so in that, I watch how... Um, these owners run their restaurant and then the two or three restaurants I've worked at before I was watching how the owners ran their restaurants and seeing how their employees took the program and took how they were being received and it's more than just like it's more than just a structure or a theme like it's it's just day by day and I think recess does a really good job especially now um, through all of the bullshit if you don't mind me <laughs> saying that, that's fair too <laughs> you yeah. know of the last couple years like a lot of places closed and recess could have been one of those if they you know lost their scheme and um, instead they tried harder pushed harder um, they, were constantly adapting to what they had. Um, I saw them do to-go cocktails and to-go charcuterie boxes, and it was really awesome to, like, watch that from a distance while I was doing my own thing and learning my own thing at these other locations. Um, But the owners are just, they're very inspiring to me. Um, They're normal people. You know, they have their own lives and, and their own ups and downs, but they really care about the restaurant, and they're really trying to, like, make it, take it to the next place and they want me to be a part of that ride. So it's really yeah. awesome. Uh,
0: you mentioned kind of doing stints at other places before this. Um, and, and I'm not going to kind of burn anybody my name, but obviously mm-hmm. you're here kind of now for a reason, uh, mm-hmm. whatever those reasons may be. What did you learn kind of along the way? Cause from the last time that we spoke kind of, it was fresh out of, I want to say the first shutdown, give or take, and I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Anybody who is, has, who hasn't listened to the first episode, hit pause now and go find that one and listen to it and then come back. But, a lot has changed. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot has, you know, you, you have visibly grown up since the last time mm-hmm. that you and I spoke and, and in a very short period of time come a very long way. And I mm-hmm. think that this is going to be a very good future for you. But what are some of those lessons that you picked up in between kind of now and, and the last time that we sat down together?
1: Um, from a leadership standpoint, um, we have to like be very communicative and very straightforward Um, And also kind because as soon as as soon as somebody feels like left out or bullied or um, I don't know just those are like the basic ones like as soon as somebody feels inspired they'll do whatever they want whatever they can for the company but as soon as they start feeling like torn apart. Um, that's when the motivation starts getting lost and the identity starts getting lost and the restaurant starts falling apart and it just kind of starts trickling down Yeah. and it really does start with the owners. Um, I, I've learned that over and over again, but I kind of had to learn it at a few different spots. And the last spot that I learned it out, man, I was just like, it only took me a month to identify what was happening. And I was like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm not somebody to give up. So it was kind of, um, a major thing internally for me, um, to realize that I had to, I had to jump ship. And so it was, it was a pretty good, uh, lesson, you know, and like walking away. Cause I think sometimes it's hard to walk away from things. Um, building a bar and then walking away from it is like a whole, like it's like walking away from like your baby. But yeah. But I will say, by the, like the grace of the universe, the same day that I decided to walk away, um, recess opened their arms and like welcomed me home. And so I was just, I was so thrilled with that.
0: So are those hard experiences that you went through before something that you look back with on regret, like oh man, I should have known better, or the things that you look at beneficially because you learned lessons, whether they were hard or not, and were able to, you know, serendipitously or, or destiny or whatever people want to call it, mm-hmm. end up in the place you are now.
1: Because I'm human, I have that like little like cringy moment of like regret and like feeling weird about it. And yeah. then um, and then immediately after I'm like, because of my life experience, I'm, I mean, I'm only 31 years old, but like because of my experience, I realize like uh, it was exactly what I needed to become stronger and become better prepared for what was meant for me. So I'm totally cool with everything. I'm very happy right now. So
0: so taking over a bar program here and taking over kind of as the bar manager of it, mm-hmm. for people that may not understand just what goes into that, you're not just kind of sitting here every day and just kind of designing drinks and, and kind of having fun and slapping mint. for it. You know, mm-hmm. we're recording this on Thursdays, Tiki Night here at Recess Room. And by the way, if you haven't been here, A, come, but if you definitely come on Tiki Night. That's a really fun one. Yeah. But what, are your, what does your day-to-day look like?
1: Um, uh, well, from jumping around a little bit, I've learned that a good structure is to, um, start your ordering in the beginning of the week. Um, keep your eyes open over the weekend, watch what's, um, getting low and like what you need to pay attention to and then use your slow days to prepare yourself for the crazy days. Yeah. You know, like when you leave everything for the last minute, you run out of stuff and you know, nobody likes to like hear that things are 86, especially the guests. So. Um, there's a lot of just kind of like keeping your eyes open, um, being organized with lists and, you know, creating a relationship with vendors. So yeah, little things here and there.
0: You're somebody that takes a lot of pride in kind of systems and and training. And I know that that's Mm -hmm. a very important thing to you. Um, these episodes, at least chronologically speaking, Tony Juarez of down at Oceanside, one of the big things on his interview was his training process Mm -hmm. and streamlining drinks and, you know, how many of these cocktails that may have you know four or five ingredients or only kind of two to three touch cocktails. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're taking on as a teacher and as a leader kind of of your team here?
1: Um, so the, one of the first things I implemented once I became bar manager is there's no longer um, bar backs because all of the bar backs have shown that they want to be bartenders. And I f- see how discouraged they feel every time they kind of just get, they feel stuck.
0: Well, there's also no worse awkward moment than Mm -hmm. a guest being like, hey, can I get one of these? And they're like, you can, as soon as that person comes back, because I don't make the drinks. Mm -hmm,
1: Exactly. And it's totally fine if you're a bar back. And I think you should, like, I've been bar backing for my bartenders as part of the training process. Um, And so anyways, they're called bartenders in training now. And so I set goals for them to say, okay, once you do A, B, and C, then... um, you will be considered a bartender. So that way there's not like this amb- ambiguous, like, you know, one day you can be called a bartender. Um, but um, having their backs and showing them, you know, like dilution and taste, and then and then like once we kind of work on the technique and then, you know, lifting your eyes off the well and checking, the, checking on the guests and being able to communicate the menu, both drinks and food and so on.
0: I mean, having been in plenty of bars on a busy Saturday service or a, a you know, a taco Tuesday or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Barbacks are some of the most essential people, you know, next to like dishwashers in the entire restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. being able to grab supplies and get new ice and et cetera and, and, and run and bust things. How are you guys working around not having that? I mean, is it just something where somebody's shifting in and somebody is stepping up to be the bar back during a shift? Is it like a rotate thing? Or is it a, is it a, Hey, you drew the short straw. Good luck tonight. <laughs> I mean, how are you working without it?
1: Um, so I noticed that like there's different moods day to day. And like when you come in on a shift and there's two or three bartenders, um, somebody is always a little bit tired and then somebody's always a little bit pumped. And so if you just kind of like gauge the team and see who wants to step into the well and who wants to like kind of step, step back, we can uh, be organized in that way. Um, but otherwise like one of my favorite teams, which actually was the first team that I worked on, um, we always had each other's backs. There was kind of somebody who was on the bar back level, um, but they were also being trained to make drinks. And so the best bar back can like, anticipate the bartender's moves, just like the bartender can anticipate the guest's needs, right? So um, whoever's taking that, that um, role of the bar back, even though they can make drinks, they're watching to see what's needed, ice and et cetera, you know, refilling bottles.
0: It, it, there's no shortage of people who are looking for chefs, you know, bussers, mm-hmm. servers, hosts, and bartenders as well. Um, even the morning right before we sat down to record this episode, I was chatting with a friend whose restaurant is looking for one, and this is a damn good restaurant with a damn good program. Mm-hmm. Are you guys experiencing any of that here? I mean, being able to step into the role of bar manager, you know, it wasn't because there was a vacuum. I mean, but this is also a very tight-knit team. Mm-hmm. Are you guys looking for talent? Are you scared you may lose somebody? And and kind of what does that look like out of that kind of real fear that all restaurants are dealing with right now is that that universal staffing shortage?
1: Um, fortunately, we're perfectly covered. I mean, if we had one more bartender, which I just text a good friend of mine to ask him if he was still interested in a position, um, then we'd be good because we'd have coverage. For example, if I was ill, then I would. Then we would have a gap. And so we are perfectly covered, and everybody um, – I actually had somebody quit their other job because they realized that I was getting this position, and so they um, wanted to back up me and the program more versus being spread out thin. So I think because I um, honor my team's goals and I want to help them be where they want to be, that they are going to have my back and, and recesses back in that, um, in that point as well.
0: One of the things that we talked about the first time we sat down, um, and again, for anybody who hasn't listened, please go back and do this because this will give you some more context, is during your time off, you talked about how you were really able to refresh, relax, and kind of relearn who you were and, and kind of work on that better kind of work-life balance. And I think that's something that I know for a fact, a lot of people in hospitality did, um, whether they wanted to or not Mm -hmm. was kind of be forced to reassess some things since that episode, when you and I sat down and you talked about it, now that you're thrust back into kind of this, this madness of being open and and restaurants kind of fully reopen again, whether people want to admit it or not, do you feel like you've still been able to maintain that kind of work-life balance that you found in the in, in the downtime or the bullshit, as you said? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, actually, so you knew I was at Red Table, uh-huh. and I still am on Sundays because um, I love that company and they're so good to me. Um, but uh, managing there, I had a lot of my plate because I was also helping with some kitchen stuff, but I was never overextended. Now, when I went to the next restaurant after that, that's where, um, because of the position that I got, because of ex- I was so excited for it, I gave way too much of myself to them. And that was a very big lesson for me. And I'm so glad I learned it in just three months because I don't think that I could have handled more than that mentally. Um, Like, people should never text you at inappropriate times, especially if they're not paying you for it. And like, that's something where I was like, I I need to be responsive. I need to, you know, give up more of myself for this position, for this job, for the whatever is going to come from this. And doing that never actually gets you anywhere. It's the rest and the more um, like more focused time that you spend in short amount of times that actually gets you closer to your goals, versus yeah. just like sporadically trying to work at ri- ridiculous hours. Do you
0: think having that time during the the shutdowns um, and kind of relearning yourself and learning about that work life balance? Do you look back at that now that you're able to see? what happened in those three months of the prior job that didn't work out for you mm-hmm. do you look at that as kind of a, a blessing in disguise being forced to leave your job and forced to learn these things now you're able to apply them to mm-hmm. kind of your day-to-day here back behind the bar
1: yes if i didn't have that job then i don't think that i could offer recess what they needed right now i like i would have the background i know how to make the cocktails i know how to like do ordering and inventory and stuff like that but there was something that happened in those three months mm-hmm. that was able to bring me back down and make, give me more clarity and more focus and more patience and more love for my team. So, um, it was perfect. I feel super happy to just like be here and be able to apply everything that I learned. Cause I mean, as funny as it sounds like none of it really matters. So we just have to like, kind of just enjoy everything along the way and be good to each other. Yeah. Let's,
0: Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me re-evaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com That's heirloom, A-G-I-R-L-O-O-M, p o t a g e r P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotage. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content... Then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. A Mass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin. And everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, the best seats 15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Yeah. Let's talk about the cocktails themselves um, and as they relate to the restaurant because I want to give the restaurant the credit it's due. Um, Obviously, I'm sitting down with the bar lead, but the kitchen pumps out some really, really Mm -hmm. great dishes. I mean, the I've never had a bad dish here. Mm -hmm. I've had some dishes that made me want to take a nap afterwards, but I've never had a bad dish Mm -hmm. when you're kind of working and, and now you're behind the bar here designing cocktails. A, I guess I should start the question with have you already started doing your own kind of bespoke cocktails or are you kind of sticking to what was here before and then B. How do you look into working with the flavors, kind of working with the food and, and working with the environment?
1: Well, um, I'm, I've always been like pretty creative. So if people ask me for stuff, I'm I'm willing to uh, make those cocktails for them or, you know, like think outside of the box. Right now, it was the perfect time for me to be, come into this position because the season of the previous menu is ending. So I have like X amount of weeks to start a new menu because we need to for the next season, right? Yeah. So like it's like I can take what what worked on that menu and what worked in the past and then like translate it into the next menu in the next season, um, which is super exciting. And then we have some really fabulous chefs. Um, We have a team of three right now and all of them are super excited. And we're along the same timing. They're launching new items as well. So I don't want to give out too much information, but there's a burger coming That's going to be one of the best burgers we've had on the menu. Probably, I don't know, since 2019, easily. So um, they're going to be pushing that. And um, some of the ingredients on that burger, I want to apply to some cocktails as well.
0: So without giving away the ingredients to the burger before that lands, because obviously I want to let them have their their time in the sun to promote a new food item, because that's Mm -hmm. always fun. When you're approaching cocktails and your kind of flavor profiles and things like that, what are you kind of looking to incorporate? I mean, how strict are you going to seasonality? Obviously we're recording this, what, February 3rd, fourth, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've lost all sense of time during the past two years. It could be still 2020 for all I know. (laughs) Um, Obviously we're kind of talking citrus season. We're talking a lot of things that are gonna start to grow. People are laying down things that are gonna start to bloom soon. How do you approach the seasonality when it comes to your cocktails?
1: Um, I like to look at uh, like two things, which is like, okay, what's what's seasonal for sure? you know, in the spring, for example, which is coming. And then also like what's trending, you know, and then I don't want to necessarily jump on the trend unless it makes sense. So for example, um,
0: so you avoided activated charcoal.
1: Oh yeah. Especially because of the like medical <laughs> stuff about it. Like it's cute on Halloween, but obviously it's just, it doesn't really translate. You have to make it super easy for the guests. Yeah. You know, like we like nerdy stuff and we like to see like, how those things play out and their balance and we can appreciate it. But the average person just wants like three ingredients and some fresh, you know, fresh funky uh twist to their drink. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um you when you're not here, you mentioned that you're a Red Table, but you also have a very cool opportunity coming up. This episode is going to go live to the public on Valentine's Day. It'll obviously hit Patreon a week early. So for anybody who's listening on that, they'll get the heads up on it. But you're getting to do a bartender's residency. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been chef's residencies and those are generally, you kind of see them a little bit more with kind of the higher up people that will go to Vegas, a residency, or maybe sometime in New York or something like that. Mm-hmm. Bartenders have done residencies somewhat in the past, but can you kind of talk about this opportunity, how it came to be and, and kind of what, it, is this something that you're going to do more often and, and will bartenders start to do more often?
1: The, the awesome part about this is that before, literally right before COVID, I was like, I want to be able to like, I want to be a traveling bartender. Like, how do I get my reputation up? And I don't think if I had that, like, year of, like, downtime to build my relationships on Instagram and other uh, social media platforms, I wouldn't have the opportunity to, like, start putting my feelers out for this kind of stuff. And um, so the event is a Valentine's Day um, event at the, it's a cigar lounge at Agua Caliente in Palm Springs. And that's a casino resort. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. I'm very excited.
0: Yep. I recently visited there roulette table when i was out there for a weekend oh, so yep. i love
1: it i love casinos i think they're so much fun um but yeah so they reached out to me which i felt really like i, I almost thought it wasn't <laughs> real you know what i mean
0: <laughs> you're like damn i'm about to get hacked <laughs> yeah i was like what
1: is this but um they actually had to hit me up on instagram because they were like hey we've been emailing you so they were pretty like excited to uh get to know me and to get me um as one of their like guest bartenders um And yeah, so we worked out the details and it ended up, I was supposed to be in there in December and, you know, all the stuff that was happening, plus the holidays, they pushed it out to Valentine's day, which I'm totally fine with. I think that's adorable. I Mm -hmm. hope that I get to meet like a lot of cute couples that are having fun. Um, And yeah, so I am super stoked because I, I trust that this is like one of many like fun opportunity, opportunities that are going to be coming for me.
0: That's excellent. The concept of a, of a bartender's residency is, I mean, obviously it's, it's a little bit more different than a chef where you kind of come in and present like an entire menu. Are you going to present your own drinks? I mean, are they going to be your kind of drink specials? And then do you have do you have a bar back for this event? I mean, are you just going in and kind of setting up your own well? And if people sit down in front of you, you know, they get your drinks? or What are some of the details for it?
1: It sounds like the Cigar Lounge has its own bar, at least one. And I've been communicating <clears throat> with the bar manager um, about, like, ingredients and things like that. And I did get to create – well, they asked me for two cocktails initially. And because of my, my nature, I am ambitious, and I sent them three, and they liked all three. So I, I'm going to make those happen. Um, but I considered also, like, okay, what's the weather? What's the clientele? It's a casino, you know, so, like, fresh, vibrant, citrusy – um, fun cocktails that are easy to drink. Nothing like too outside of the box. So mm-hmm. that way they can just order a bunch of them and, you know, we can keep their party going. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, there's obviously kind of the reality, you know, we, we kind of mentioned COVID and things like that beforehand. Um, a lot of people, one of my new year's resolutions was to not miss a week of releasing a podcast. And mm-hmm. then January came and a bunch of people had COVID. A bunch of people were mm-hmm. sick. A bunch of people got nailed. You and yourself, got it. A bunch of other guests that I was going to try and reach out to got it. I had to rearrange a bunch of shows and ended up missing two weeks, which was just a kick right in the shins to start the new year. Um, did you think working the holidays and everything else that you would, was it kind of inevitable for you? And, and what was the experience like? Because I think there's a lot of hospitality people that are either a still going through that or definitely all went through that kind of around the same time.
1: Um, as far as getting sick and stuff like that, I knew that it was a possibility. I just, you know, they, there's so much information and false information out there that's like, Oh, the shots help you. They don't help you. And, you know, so I had no idea like where I was in, in that pool. And I'm, I mean, I've touched the bar mats. I've done the bar mat shot. Like I thought it was okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if that doesn't kill it, nothing (laughs) will. Right. So I've, I've experienced a lot, um, but I ended up getting it right before, well, a couple of days before Christmas, but I didn't get the fever until Christmas morning, and I was like, oh, no, this is what's happening right now. So, um, it, it it was interesting timing. Um, I think, you know, maybe I was meant to rest during those days, because otherwise I would have been working through the holidays. Yeah. So, it, I just took it for what it was and uh, made sure to take it easy. So, I mean. <laughs> and again,
0: I don't want to turn this into a medical podcast because I'm the furthest thing from an expert. Um, I'm working on getting a, a, an actual doctor on the show, but we're having some scheduling conflicts, but is there any sense of still being behind the bar and working in restaurants that this may be an inevitability that you may catch it again and just have to deal with it? I mean, is this an unnecessary, Hey, it's unfair, I think to put that on staff, but it, is it just an inevitability at this point?
1: It absolutely is. There's definitely like I've, I've been doing this for 10 years and, or more than that now, 12, uh, 12 years. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, you're touching money, you're touching people's dirty plates. Um, so like, as always washing your hands is important, you know, not touching your face after you've touched something dirty. Like these are all things that we should have been doing already. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think like one of the things that, that I get a little anxious about is guests coming in and we wear masks here. Um, we're asked to wear masks um, and uh, just to protect ourselves. And I wear gloves, but I, wore, I do that to protect my skin. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Like my hands, I'm down for, I've I found black gloves and I'm like my new favorite thing. But um, when I get anxious, when I see guests come in and they're wearing masks and I, and like if I pull my mask down and try a drink or something like that, um that somebody's gonna speak up and say something but then my next reaction is like they're making the choice to be in public yeah they're making the choice to go to a restaurant and you know at this point and if you don't want to get sick you just shouldn't leave the house
0: yeah have you had to deal with the opposite of guests coming in that are offended that you would wear one or or kind of how dare you and you know have you had the opposite reaction where you get the people that are so opposed to it
1: um, not so much recently, I think because everybody's gotten sick, so they're just keeping their mouths shut, you know, but, um, I would say about six months ago and then the whole year before that mm-hmm. I was getting so much of it and it was very frustrating because it wasn't my choice, you know, yeah. um, not that I like really care, you know, but like people would make snide comments about like, oh, I can't hear you through the mask and it's just, you know, it. They would say that to anybody, you know, my coworkers too, um, but it's just, or they didn't want to wear a mask and, you know, they have their opinions or, you know, I have people in my lives who who like give me their arguments as to why I shouldn't and why they don't. And honestly, I I don't really care, but I just.
0: It's kind of a teach their own thing now, unless it obviously is a, a company policy, in which case that's the company.
1: Yeah, just the same as always, wash your hands.
0: Um, moving forward in this position, running this bar and, and being a part of this this restaurant, aside from inevitably not having to wear a mask, although it sounds like probably still wear gloves because mm-hmm. you want to protect the mani and the, and the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking forward to as things move forward here at the recess room?
1: Um, I am definitely looking forward to this next menu launch. I feel, like, I feel like personally I did a really good job on my first menu launch at the, my previous job. Um, I had a whole plan as to like how to develop the menu moving forward. Cause it was a whole new community that I was looking forward to, uh, learning about. Yeah. Um, and then here. Yeah, I
0: should say like, so this restaurant for those who are listening who don't know is located in Fountain Valley, which mm-hmm. pound for pound may have some of the most underrated spots to eat. Now again, this is coming from the white dude living in Southern Orange County, but mm-hmm. like pound for pound, this is one of the best places to eat in Orange County. It's a great, like, there are some corner. killer restaurants up here, including this one. But yeah, how do you prepare for kind of a new a new clientele, a new crowd, a new experience? People who may not know your drinks or don't may not remember them from your time here.
1: One thing I did recently um, as I as I got this position, I asked for the numbers of like the last year and like the best sellers, just the year. You mm-hmm. know, like there's a lot of discrepancies off because of, you know, COVID and all that. But um, I was, and, and then I put everything on the whiteboard and I brought my team together and I said, okay, what are the trends? And people were like, oh, okay, well, that drink has Hennessy in it, and it sold a lot because X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, does it have to be Hennessy, or is it a cognac trend? Can we bring something in? Can we introduce our guests? Should we add more cognac? Like, we had, a, like, a really great, like, breakdown of everything. And um, when I pulled those drinks up, I saw all the trends, and then the next menu will reflect on those trends. Um, and then the, the best part of it is if it doesn't work, you just try again. Yeah. So, Yeah.
0: When you're not busy here, you're spending time as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you said you're still working Sundays over at Red Table. I mean, what do you do in the downtime? Do you have downtime?
1: Not really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we went from work-life balance to just balancing the work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I I've accepted that I'm a very social person. So like, I do a lot of. I do spend a lot of time like like quiet time. So mm-hmm. like, um, I do a little bit of reading. Um, I. Book bartenders book club, uh, the book tenders is something that I got started, but everybody got sick in January, so i kind of felt like I lost my momentum.
0: Well, let's let's time real quick because I wanted to bring that up, but I wasn't sure where things stood. And mm-hmm. since you mentioned it, so you guys so a lot of local bartenders are launching the book tenders club, mm-hmm. which is basically a book club mm-hmm. for bartenders. So you're talking about industry books and you guys were gonna start with Death and Co.'s newest one, Welcome Home. Ironic, isn't and it? That, I know. <laughs> and because everybody got sick. Yeah. Like literally I think everybody I saw was like, Oh, cool. So is that still going forward?
1: Mm-hmm. It is. Um, so I'm I'm being graceful on myself about it because um, I'm the one taking the lead on the project. Um, I have a lot of help from my friend Q. And then I have uh, Raul and Roman who have my back as well. And we all have the book. A bunch of our friends have the book. Um, I never wanted the club to be this kind of like you have to read the book and have to answer the questions. But I do want to add more structure to it. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of watching how, like, this bar managing co- uh, coincides with the Booktenders Club. Um, so it, probably in February, I'll set a date for our first official group meeting, and then hopefully by that, Point in the next few weeks, um, I'll know like where everybody was in the book, and then we can talk about it again, and then move on to the next book.
0: If bartenders are interested in kind of joining Booktenders Club or learning more about it, uh, and obviously I'll put a link for it in the show notes at the end as well. But where like where can people find out? Is it just Instagram or mm-hmm.
1: for now it's just Instagram. Um, it's at the Booktenders Club, and I'm just like kind of posting pictures there, and then eventually I'm gonna have like Google Documents where it's like we could have questions about the book. And so when we do meet in person, um, we're able to like kind of go through the notes real quick and then drink. (laughs) That's the whole point. (laughs) It's It's just just, a means to an end. Yes, exactly.
0: Well, I've got a copy of it too. And I know that people have their own issues with Death & Co, but it is a beautiful book and it is really big. I will say that. So that is an intimidating one. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about is we're recording this on a day where you are currently and there's several hours left in the running to potentially be a cover girl for Inked Magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. How in the world did this come about? Now, again, I should preface for anybody listening later on, hopefully you are still in the running. We don't know. By the time that we finish recording, basically the first round results will be in. And mm-hmm. fingers crossed you will stay currently in the first place at the time of this recording. Everything could have changed from then. But God willing, you're still in it. How did this all come about?
1: Um, I literally was just scrolling on Instagram and it was a sponsored ad. And I, you know, like sometimes you're like, what is this? And it, and I, I like Inked. I have something that I've like kind of, Looked at, and I've been on my own tattoo journey for 20, 10, 10 years now, uh, since I was 21. And I just was like, well, I have some nice pictures that show my tattoos, so I made my profile and I put it on there. And then, almost immediately, I realized that I was like staying pretty high in my group because there's multiple groups. And then eventually today we'll find out who are the top 15. I'm assuming there's 15 groups. Um, And as of now, I'm first, and so it's kind of fun because I just got, like, new tattoos this week as well from Mechanical Concept, and, like, that was a big deal because it's on a part of my body where it's, like, more obvious, and, I mean, my mom's not going to like it, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know how that goes. Um, But, yeah, so I think it's pretty fun, and it's just something that I tried, and everybody's been very, very supportive, and I think that um, it'd be considering, like, the the people that I get to meet and interact with and the opportunities that might come from it. I'm like super excited about all
0: of it. That's excellent. Well, hopefully whenever anybody does get to listen to this episode, whether on Patreon or on free feeds, you have made it to the next round. And uh, if the next round is still going, when this episode goes live, there will be a link in the show notes. So if Ava is, as we all hope, knock on wood, still in the running, Be sure to click through the show notes and give her a vote because she is awesome. Um, Ava, we're going to stick around for a couple more minutes to do the exclusive Patreon kind of post show about 10, 15 minutes, just kind of shooting the shit, having fun. Mm -hmm. But thank you so, so much for the time. And if people do want to follow you um, who may not be subscribed to Patreon, but they want to know where to find you and reach out and find your drinks, social media, stuff like that. Where can people do that at?
1: My Instagram is at Ms. Savage, M I Z Z underscore Savage. So that's like the main place where I do like I share my life and I share my jokes and, you know, I have a good time there.
0: Pop quiz for the bar manager. What is recess's Instagram?
1: Uh, At the recess room.
0: It's a bit of an eye roll, but I think you're (laughs) correct. Either way, recess room will be tagged in the show notes as well. And if you haven't been here, definitely check it out. And if you have been here, you probably left your debit card one time because I probably would have too. Awesome. 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 My friend, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend Ava, for taking the time to sit down. Thank you for the team at the recess room for allowing us to hop into the restaurant and set up all the equipment while you guys were getting ready for service. Um, I know that's always a pain in the ass when you're trying to get ready for something and there's people in the way and you just want to get your job done. So thank you to everybody for being so patient. Thank you to everybody who supports on Patreon. You make this show possible. Thank you to the advertisers on Patreon. You also make this show possible. Uh, Those who are listening on free feeds, I appreciate the support do not forget if you are listening on free feeds you are missing out on even more content over on patreon that exclusive post show where you can hear about all the fun stories that ava has seen behind the bar they're only going to get a little bit longer a little bit wilder and all those post shows are going to continue to evolve i know they've been a little short to start out i'm kind of playing around with the time frame in my head of how long i want them to be i'm trying to be respectful of my guest time obviously things like that so keep enjoying them keep supporting there's going to be a lot more content to come Um, It's only going to get bigger from here, folks. I hope you enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Do not drink and drive. Get an Uber. Stay off Yelp. Tip your bartender, especially if it's Ava. And I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribe to the highest monthly tier, aka Norm Status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy 92 Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Warrito No Rito, Sarah Hines, Jay Baker, Tim Swine. Thank you for your support.